We have a new sermon series this month, and it's entitled United. Everyone say United. United. Good. We're coming out of the book of Psalms, chapter 133, 133, verse 1. And it says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Someone say amen to that. Psalm was written by King David just shortly after he had... uh, been crowned king. It uh, was a time now where Israel's 12 tribes were united. They were united under David's leadership, and David understood that a united kingdom was a kingdom that was going to be blessed by God, that if Israel was going to prosper as a nation, uh, if they were going to gain new territories, if uh, they were going to defeat their enemies, then they were going to have to be united. We right now are in a our time in history as a nation where we feel anything but united. We can see the ugliness uh, of discord. We hear the reports of strife on the nightly news, uh, and we're reminded daily of the divisions that just are plaguing our country. It's in our government, it's at our jobs, it's in our schools, and sadly, if we're not careful, uh, that division can infiltrate into our homes and into our churches. There is a flag factory in South Boston, Virginia. The name of the flag uh, factory is uh, the Annan Flag Factory. And they, uh, they make uh, flags, American flags. And they were interviewing the workers there. One man said that the flag stands for something, stands for character and principle, he said. Another person said that these are trying times. But we feel for one another when we go through times of trials and tribulations. He was speaking of uh, America's ability to sympathize with one another, uh, to reach out to one another when we see that our neighbor, our friends, our family members are going through times of trials. One lady said that there may be some divisions, but America has the ability to come together like when 9-11 happened. And if you remember that... uh, that time when those towers were hit, uh, our country was united for a brief moment there. It wasn't just uh, New, York, New Yorkers that were affected. It was all of Americans that were affected, and we were coming together. All of them that were being interviewed, they, they, they all agreed that they wanted a strong country and a nation that was undivided. So one man said that the country was founded by men of different opinions who united on one thing, the freedom to have those opinions. And one lady, she summed it up perfectly when she said this. She said, what divides us really is not having enough love for our fellow persons. We really need more love because without love, everything will be demolished. This uh, group of workers. They were an older generation. They were a generation that um, had experienced some things in, in, in life, and it kind of gave an insight into the answers that they were given. They understood that, uh, that there were people that worked alongside them that had different views and different opinions and different beliefs than they did, but they were okay and understood that and respected that and respected one another. An interviewer, he noted a couple of, uh, two individuals, and the stark differences between these two individuals. 
One was male and one was female. One was black and the other was white. One voted left and the other voted to the right. He said, but yet they both spoke about their Christian faith, the importance of family, and their love for uh, America and what the flag represents. And therein, I believe, was the key to it all that, uh, uh, that for these two individuals in specific, that no matter how different they were, it was their Christian faith that united them. It was their Christian faith uh, that uh, enabled them to have a mutual respect and love for one another, that, that, that they served the same God, that they praised the same Savior, and that uh, he was greater than whatever differences that they might have had, whether it was their politics or their race or their, uh, their gender. They knew that they served the same God, and in that, they were united. And so tonight, I've entitled this message, Unity. The only way. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verse 2, it says this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, and of one mind. The Apostle Paul here, he was exhorting us, he was exhorting the reader to be like-minded, to be united with one another, to be in one love, in one spirit, and in one mind. And, but in order for us to be united, and in order for us to be of one mind, and one love, and one spirit, that we first, we first have to be united with Christ. Just not united in Christ, but united with Christ. That means that as individuals, we're going to have to be united with Christ. We're going to have to be in agreement with God. That as individuals, uh, we're going to have to be walking with God. Not fighting him, not resisting him, not resisting his will, but being in complete uh, harmony with uh, the God that we serve. Tonight, for some of you, who might not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what that means is being in agreement with him when it comes to receiving him as your Lord and Savior. See, the body of Christ is made up of unique individuals. If we look around, we can see a, a, a diversity of individuals here. Each and every one of us, we were created uniquely in, in God's image. We have our own gifts, uh, our own talents, our own, our own quirks. It's what makes us us, right? We each have our own testimony of what God has done in our lives and what God is doing in our lives. Because God is constantly moving and God is constantly at, at work in each and every one of us. We come from different backgrounds, different life stories. We've had different experiences and different encounters with God. We were, at one point, not serving him. At one point, uh, maybe fighting against him or resisting him, and we come to a place where we get saved. He saves us. He redeems us. He restores us. Uh, our thoughts begin to change. Our minds begin to change. Our attitudes and our habits begin to change. We are what the Bible calls new creations, right? The old things are passed away. All things become new. 
And now we, we, re, can, we can reflect the image of God that we were created to be in. A couple of things that unity is not. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is not walking or talking or dressing the same. Unity is not thinking the same. And if you're married here, you know that that's true because you could be united with your spouse, but you know you might not be thinking the same thing all the time, right? There's times where I'll say, you know, I'll tell my wife about something and she'll say, well, you know, what about this? I don't know, I didn't ask that. It's because we don't sometimes think the same, but we're united. Unity in and of itself is not a virtue. You can be united in something destructive and something wrong and even something evil. We know the story of the Tower of Babel. They were united in this purpose to build themselves a, a tower to make a name for themselves and to reject God. And, but unity is, is a state of being one, oneness. It's agreement. Unity does not mean sameness, but it means oneness of purpose. And with so much division in this world, uh, I really believe that God has called his church to be united in him and be united with him. And that each and every one of us here has a part to play in the body of Christ. My first note here, my first point is, is that unity starts with you. And the pun is intended. Unity starts with you. The book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 19, it says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. It says we are to make the efforts, each and every one of us, we are to be uh, the ones that uh, help lead to peace and to build up one another. And I think sometimes we think to ourselves, uh, well, there would be unity if you just do it the way I tell you to do it, Right? The other day, I, I heard, um, it was a while back, I, my wife was telling my son, just do, it, just do it the way I tell you to do it, and you'll be all right, something like that. And I thought to myself, if he's smart, he'll listen. And he did, and he was blessed. See, we are to make the effort for unity. It's on our, it's on our shoulders as individuals to make that effort to strive for unity. It's easy to criticize and it's easy to complain and it's easy to tear down and it's easy to, to be that wet blanket instead of offering a help or, or solution. I, I'm a, an electrician by trade. I've been an electrician for more than 20 something years. I've been involved in different construction projects or remodels or um, you name it, different crews. And it never fails that there's always that one in the crew that just has to complain about everything. Why are we doing it this way? How come we didn't do like this? Whose idea was it to do it this way? And they're just constantly, constantly spreading these seeds of discouragement and criticism. And it begins to permeate amongst the whole crew. And next thing you know, everybody is fighting amongst each other. I've learned, too, though, that there's always more than one way of doing things. That there's uh, individuals out there that um, might be working with you, whether it's here in ministry or at your job or even at your school, that they might not think the way you do, but they might have some good ideas. They might have some good thoughts. 
They might have some good suggestions, and it would be all right to explore that, and it would be all right to give that a try, and it would be all right to be open to that. And what that does is um, you can now give people the liberty to want to be involved. You allow people that liberty to take ownership of that project and say, hey, I want to be able to help. Maybe I can do it, you know, uh, offer a suggestion. And that begins to build unity. That begins to build a togetherness and a cohesiveness. Sometimes in ministry, you're co-laborers, or if you're a leader in ministry, somebody under you might have a couple of ideas. And you might say, well, you know, we've never really done it like that before, but um, I don't know. I don't think we can do it. But to ask, ask. Ask Pastor Richard, ask Pastor Dan, Pastor Matt. Hey, a suggestion was brought to us. What do you think about this? I like it. Let's run with it. Or you know what? Let's go in a different direction, you know. But at least you're, you're being a voice and at least you're open to a suggestion and at least you're being open to what someone has to offer. Uh, uh, we had the bike, walk, and roll, and, man, it was a great one. And we had our Christmas uh, uh, wonderland. And a couple of guys in the media booth, they said, hey, what, we have an idea. What, what, if, uh, what if we help with the fundraising and uh, we sell food? And I'm thinking... You know, as long as I've been in the media team, we've never done anything like that. Media team, we've always just set up and then break down. Well, let's find out. And I, hey, what do you guys, you know, I asked the pastors, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's run with it. And, and the guys were up there, and they took it and ran with it, man. And they made some delicious meals on those events, right? But you know what really blessed me was how they worked together, how everybody came and pitched in and Everybody was busy, but everybody wanted to be a part of it, and there was a unity growing there. There was a, a building and a bonding that was taking place uh, over just working and laboring and serving with one another, an idea that was had. Unity was being built. Another thing that uh, we can do to help uh, build unity is to be fair. Be fair. Book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Nobody likes to feel like they're being taken advantage of. But I tell you what, when people feel like they're a part of what's going on, they'll be willing to stand and they'll be willing to labor and they'll be willing to, you know, get their hands dirty and, and work alongside of you when, they're, when they know that they can share in the blessings and in the rewards and in the fruit of that labor. The Bible talks about not withholding to others uh, what is due to them. And I, I really believe that our greatest asset uh, here as leaders and as ministry workers are the people that God has given us to labor alongside one another. We need one another. We can encourage one another. When you... Uh, when you let others be a part of what God is doing, you're allowing them to reap the blessings and the benefits that God has in store for them. And when people come in and say, I want to be a part of that, uh, and you say, let's do it, man. The more the merrier. We can use the labor. We can use the help. We can use the, 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 the extra hands. And now you're inviting someone in to work alongside of you, and you're building that unity. And you know what's happening? God is going to move in their lives. God is going to bless them. God is going to open doors for them because that's the God that we serve. He always uh, 
always diligently rewards those that diligently seek him, right? And by you just uh, saying, hey, we have an outreach, why not come on out? You're letting someone be a part of the move of God and what God is doing. That's how I, that's how I stayed in this church so many years ago. Pastor Reuben, we're having an outreach Friday, right? I don't have a ride. Get in the car with me. Praise God, man. Another thing to help build unity that you can do is not play favorites. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Favoritism will always breed resentment and division. We've seen that in the life of Joseph. His father Jacob loved him, and we know Joseph was the favorite. He was the Constantino, as they would say, right? And he made it known. And what happened to the brothers is they were resentful of Joseph. They were angry with him. They were even divided amongst each other what to do with Joseph. Some wanted to kill him. Some wanted to do some other things to him. But here's what took place is that uh, Jacob, whether he knew it or not, by showing the favoritism to one, uh, he was spreading division amongst the rest of his sons. Each and every one of us will have the favor of God upon them. And sometimes it's blatant, and sometimes it's evident. And when we see the favor of God upon our brothers and sisters, don't be jealous, don't be upset, but hey, man, awesome, man. I see what God is doing in your life. Keep doing it, man. God is blessing you. You know why? Because your turn is coming. Your day is coming. We rejoice with those who rejoice, right? Be blessed for them. There is danger in division. We know that. But I tell you what, strength and safety is found in unity. Strength and safety can be found in unity. Romans chapter 15, verse 5. It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. I appreciate the the friendships and the bonds that uh, I've been able to form in this church, the different men and women that have sown into my life, into my wife's life, into the lives of my children. We've uh, been able here to experience highs uh, and lows together, our ups and downs together. We, we've rejoiced with those who, rejo- with, uh, who rejoice. We've mourned with those who mourn. Uh, we, we are interconnected and interwoven uh, as a body of Christ here. What affects one will often affect others, vice versa. There's individuals here that uh, you were in diapers together. You've grown up together, and now your children are growing up together. That's the bonds that God has been able to form uh, here in this body, here in this church, in this congregation. And even if you've been here just a short amount of time, ah, man, you know that the love of God is here. You know that the presence of God is here. And you know that there's people here that genuinely care about you. I felt that 27 years ago when I walked in through these doors. And I still feel it today when I come into the house of God and I'm greeted by friends. When I'm greeted by my leaders, by my pastors. When, they, when I'm greeted by each and every one of you. We make each other feel blessed and loved, strengthened. That's why the devil fights you from coming sometimes. Because you don't know who you're going to bless. 
You don't know who you're going to encourage. And you don't know who you're going to build, build up. See, strength is found in this place. And sometimes you can feel a little weak and you can feel a little tired and you can feel a little down. And when you're feeling like that, man, get around someone that is filled with the Holy Ghost. Get around someone that is on fire, someone that is just, uh, man, excited for the things of God. And I tell you what, maybe you're that person that's excited for the things of God. Maybe you're that person that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, you eat, breathe, and, and speak Jesus. Uh, but you might notice a friend or you might notice someone uh, that might be a little down, that might be a little isolated, that might be a little troubled. Hey, brother. Hey, sister. What's going on, man? Let's fellowship. Let's go outreach. Let's go, to, let's go have Bible study. Let's get together. What's going on? You know, if you can do that. You could be a blessing and an encouragement and a strength to someone who might be, be going through a time of struggle. God wants to use you. You say, I don't have any gifts and I don't have any times. And what do I have to offer? You have the love of Jesus Christ in your heart. Uh, you have the spirit of God inside of you. And you can encourage someone. And you can build someone up to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. You're going to make it. Don't give up. That's what unity is right there. I think if anything, what these past couple of years has taught me is to not take one another for granted. It's to not take each other for granted. This church here is a sanctuary. And it's a sanctuary from the outside. From the outside. This, place, this church here is a place of refuge. It's a shelter. It's a safe haven with so many of us that we might be different and we come from different backgrounds and, and, and different uh, cultures and different upbringings, uh, but we come under the same roof. Amen. We begin to praise and worship the same God. We begin to lift up our hands to the same Savior. And we, what happens in that is that we're not so different anymore. We're one mind and one accord, and we begin to worship God with one voice. We begin to praise God and love him, and there's that unity that begins to, to, to uh, take place uh, within this congregation. We're united in God. We're united as we pray and worship our, our God. We're no longer just uh, fellow churchgoers or church members or parishioners. Uh, you know what we are now? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family. We are of a godly family. They say, they say man, blood is thicker than water. And I agree with that. You know why? Because each and every one of us here, man, we've been blood-bought by the same Savior. The same blood uh, that purchased me is the same blood that purchased you. We're blood brothers. Man. You know what family does? Is they back one another up. Book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 10. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those of the family of faith. The Bible says that we are to be a blessing to one another. We are to love one another, be a support and a source of encouragement to, to one another. And if we can't find that encouragement here, and if we can't find that love here, and if we can't find that acceptance here, where are we going to find it? We're not going to find it in the world. We left the world because we didn't find that love and that acceptance. We found it in God. We found it in the things of God, and we found it amongst God's people. 
And the Bible says that we're to do good to one another, to build and encourage one another. Last, this past Sunday, I think um, uh, there was this uh, couple, maybe brother and sister, maybe a couple, I'm not sure, but uh, I guess they had gotten here um, an hour early. They were here at 9, thinking the service started at 9, started at 10, right? And uh, somehow they met George uh, Gax, and man, he was introducing them to everyone. We were up in the media, and he was introducing them to everybody there in the media. Uh, he was down here introducing them, and I said, man, that's awesome. You know what? Uh, I don't know if they came back tonight or if they're going to come back Sunday, but I tell you what, I tell you what, they left this place with an impression. They left this place with an impression, man, that they were welcomed, that, that they were loved, and that we were appreciative of them being here in the house of God. And thank God someone took the time to say, hey, let me introduce you to some people so you don't feel like you're alone here. What an example. Excellent. See, there's safety here. There is safety here. And I've been in this church long enough to see enemies become brothers and rivals become allies, man. It's awesome. See, there's blessings in unity. Book of Psalms in our, in our uh, scripture for the, uh, for the message here, 133 verses 1 through 3, it says, How wonderful and pleasant. It is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced or commanded his blessing, even life everlasting. There's blessings that come in being unified. There's blessings that come in, in being united with your brothers and sisters. There's blessings that come uh, when you are standing in, 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 in together with one another. Someone said this, says, families are restored, teams are victorious, and friendships are strengthened when unity is the priority. When you make unity your priority, man, there's just, there's a victory that takes place. There's a victory that begins to occur. We've um, seen teams, all-star teams, right? Whether it's basketball or football or whatever, that on paper they've got incredible talent. They should be winning everything thinking about the Olympics. And yet when they're playing, you see that there's no unity there. There's no cohesion there. And the result is that they're losing games and losing to teams that they have no business losing to. doesn't matter how much talent they have. It doesn't matter how much resource they have. If they don't have unity, if they don't have that ability to work with one another, if they don't have that ability to uh, play off of one another, and all you have are just a bunch of talented individuals playing for themselves. See, you're blessed when there's unity. You as an individual, you're blessed when there's unity. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, 
He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the ones that make the peace, man. Blessed are the ones that preserve unity. And I'm not saying that uh, you don't gloss things over, or you don't work things out, you don't deal with the issues or, or try to solve the problems, but you're striving to deal with the issue, not attack one another. You're striving to keep peace. You're striving to keep unity because you understand that ultimately that's what more, is more important. Not being right, but maintaining that relationship with your brother, with your sister. Maintaining that relationship because ultimately it's, man, once a relationship or a friendship is severed, it's hard. It's hard for it to come back. Once there's something violated or something broken, there's that uphill battle, that uphill climb. And so you're saying, make the peace. Be the peacemaker. And when you're making that peace, ooh, man, God blesses you. You're called a child of God. What an honor. We've been called some things prior to Christ, right? But man, to be called a child of God, that's the utmost. You know who else is blessed? Is your church is blessed when there's unity. Your church is blessed when there's unity in the house of God. I woke up a couple days ago, and that song uh, was in my head. Hallelujah is the highest praise. Remember that song? For you, Lord, alone are worthy. We magnify your name for hallelujah is the highest praise. We use the word hallelujah as a synonym for praise the Lord. In fact, that's what it means. It means praise joyously Yahweh, Jehovah. But hallelujah is more than just an exclamation like, you know, I, you know, found a parking spot at the mall, hallelujah. Or, you know, the um, beef was on sale at Costco, hallelujah. It's, it's more than just that. What hallelujah is, is a call to worship. When you're saying praise the Lord, uh, hallelujah, what you're saying is let's corporately get together and praise God. It's a call to action. It's a call to praise. It's a call to worship. It's a call to gather together and be in, in the presence of God and be in one mind and one accord to him. And we're saying hallelujah means, uh, God, we're praising you, but we're praising you, so many of us, but we're one. We're one united in you, God. And when that happens, when a church can be united, when a church can collectively begin to seek God and begin to touch the throne room of heaven. Ooh, man, that's a force to be reckoned with. Because God begins to move. God begins to move. Strongholds begin to get broken down. Revival begins to take place. Family members begin to come in. People begin to get healed when the church is united, when the church is united in praise and in worship and and in fellowship. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, he says, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What an awesome word right there. What Jesus was saying is that the church is a unified body. The church is a unified army on the offensive, taking new land, taking new territory, seeing souls come in, seeing lives grow, 
seeing people develop, seeing people mature, and the gates of hell can't stand against that. Gates mean defense. And what Jesus is saying is that when his body is working in one mind and in one accord, man, they're overcoming the enemy. They're breaking down those strongholds. Winston Churchill said this, When there is no enemy within, the enemies outside cannot hurt you. As our worship team comes up, you know who's really blessed, though, when there's unity in the body of Christ? God is blessed. God is blessed when there's unity. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He says, God does not forget how each and every one of you has strived to encourage someone, has strived to love someone, has strived to help someone, has prayed for someone, has encouraged someone, has maybe given to someone, has maybe uh, been there for someone just to be that ear to listen and gives a sound counsel, godly advice. How it says that God is blessed by that. In Hebrews 13, 16, it says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. God is pleased. And what pleases God is when he blesses people when you're reaching out in love and you're encouraging his children and when you're walking in agreement with one another. I know as a father, I love it to see when my kids are just, you know, like unified, right? Uh, not to say that they fight. You know, they don't, everybody has disagreements. But I, I hate it when they're in disagreement. I hate it when they're, you know, trying to figure things out loudly. It's like, oh, man. I just want to whip all three of them and say, okay. But when they're laughing together, when they're joking together, when they're playing together, oh, I love it, man. It's like, it's like one of the sweetest blessings that a father can have is to see his children be in harmony. And that's just me with my three. Imagine how God is with his church when there's... That pettiness is just left at the door. When that bickering is just like, you know, it's not even worth it. But that love and that camaraderie and that just building up of one another and that co-laboring and co-working with one another, man, I'm sure God is just blessed by that and moved by that and just says, you know what, let me, let me bless my, my children. Let me move in their lives. We can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God when we're in unity. Helen Keller said these words. She said, alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. And I really believe that God still has a call and still has a mandate on this church and on this fellowship. And I believe that God is still speaking and he's still speaking to our pastor and as he gives him the vision He's raising up you and I to be right there behind them, standing in solidarity, saying, we're here. we got your back. Let's see it. Let's see it take place. Let's see what God is, is still going to do, because God isn't done yet. 
this whole thing going on with COVID and the restrictions and stuff, that's not limiting God. God is greater than that. And I tell you right now, man, more than ever, God needs a, a, a body that's going to say, hey, here we are, use us. We'll continue to go into the streets. We'll continue to go into the juvenile halls and into the jails. We'll continue to go in, God, whatever open door that you would give us. We'll continue to labor here in the house of God. And as the people come in, we'll continue to love them. We'll continue to embrace them, continue to be solid in, 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 in unison with them. I really believe that this month, God is going to speak to us concerning unity and challenge us challenge us to take it to that next level because I really believe in my heart of hearts that God wants to do some things. God is wanting to do some things. We got we to gotta be right there. We got to be behind that vision. We got to be saying, God, I'm united with you. Not just in you, God, but with you, God. And if your desire is to see us grow and if your desire is to see souls get saved, then God, count me in. Count me in. I'm here. If we could have our Heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight in reverence to God.